Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to this very special, very mini interview episode of the Empire Podcast. Carrie Mulligan is one of our favourite actors, and she's been storming it on the big screen ever since she burst through with an education. Since then, she's displayed admirable taste in working with some of the best filmmakers around, from the Coen brothers to Baz Luhrmann, and has evinced a knack for creating memorable, flawed characters. Nowhere is that clearer than in Paul Dano's Wildlife, which opened here on Friday. She came at the pop booth recently to have a chat about that movie and more with John Nugent. Do please enjoy. So we are thrilled to have Kerry Mulligan on the Empire Podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, we're here to talk about Wildlife, fantastic film. So, so beautiful and, and kind of sad as well. Um, and it's based on the, the novel by Richard Ford. Um, had, you, had you read the book before? No, I hadn't read actually anything of Richard Ford's. So I read the script first. Right. Um, and it was Paul Dano who directed the film. Yes. He read the book um, about four years before that and he felt very connected to the story. So, and having always wanted to direct, he sort of felt like that was the first thing that he wanted to do. Mm. And did, do you, I'm always interested to know when a film's based on a book, like how much, how important that is. Did you refer to the book when. Yeah, we totally did. I mean, that was, you know, it's always helpful I think it's always great to have source material and there's so much detail that Mm. you can pick out um, and use but the great thing about Paul's relationship with Richard Ford was um, you know the exchange they had right at the beginning when Paul got the rights to the book essentially Richard Ford kind of released him from being you know worrying about being too faithful to it so it is very faithful to the book but Richard Ford said look your my book is my book and your picture is your picture and you should go make your film so we kind of had a sense of freedom around the original material that we didn't feel we had we weren't betraying it if there was something that wasn't totally the same as it was in the book yeah and you're, you you play a woman whose whose marriage is sort of falling apart, but it's more complex than that, and it's kind of surprising. It really wrong footed me in a lot of mm. directions. Was that part of the appeal? This sort of slightly surprising character. Yeah, I think you just you kind of don't know what she's going to do, um, and that's my experience reading it. Is that yeah, it, it seems you know you meet this sort of classic American family, and you think you kind of have a measure of them, and you know it seems like a sort of dutiful fifties housewife. Mm. Husband and their sort of sweet son, and then he leaves to go and fight. The husband leaves to go and fight this forest fire, and then she starts to unravel. And you kind of page to page don't know what direction she's going to go mm. in. Um, and that was quite exciting to play. Yeah, because she she does sort of she she does make some bad choices, but mm. you also sort of see where she's coming from. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you know she's she's kind of. Sp- she's spinning out a bit I mean Mm. for a couple of reasons one of them being that her husband has left and it's 1916 she's got a 14 year old to look after so I think she's sort of in survival mode but I think also like she's spent 14 years being perfect and really putting effort into being a perfect wife and a perfect mother Mm. and then he leaves and I think there's sort of this sense of injustice that he can just walk out on their life and she can't and uh, so I think she goes through this kind of somewhat of an, an identity crisis. Like mm. If I'm not a mum and I'm not a wife, like who am I outside of those things? I can't remember if I have a life outside of those things. Yeah. Um, so it's a, there's a lot of different things going on, in the, and she does make a lot of mistakes. And um, and but I kind of love that. I kind of like that you're seeing someone just really fucking everything up. And like <laughs> you kind of you know we just don't see that in women on screen. Yes. We just see like great saintly dutiful women doing the right thing. Yeah. It's just not true of everyone. Yeah, and it's quite specific to that time period as well, isn't it? That's mm. that's a time when you know there was this sort of 
uh, this feminist awakening almost. Yeah, it's just we're just coming into that period, so mm. she's sort of slightly ahead of it. But it was, you know, the pressure had been building for so long, mm. um, and I think you're starting to see that crack in women a little bit around that time. Yeah, and then you so you have Jake Gyllenhaal as your your husband and Ed Oxenbold as your son. Mm. So, what was the rehearsal process like? Did you get a chance to sort of acclimatise as, as a family? No, actually, we didn't at all. Oh, I mean, wow. it was classic indie filmmaking. Um, so we started in Montana, me and Ed um, and Paul, with the production that started in Montana, and we shot for four days there, and then we moved to Oklahoma to shoot everything else. Okay. It was too expensive to stay in Montana. So we didn't have Jake till we got to Oklahoma, so Ed and I had to shoot the, you know, a couple of quite big scenes without having done anything, really, as a family. Wow. Um, and then we moved and then and then when we were in the set of our house which is sort of yeah. where a lot of the film was shot it kind of felt like we were rehearsing the night before we shot a scene and that kind of stuff but before that we kind of just had to wing it a little bit which <laughs> <laughs> is fine yeah I mean it, it doesn't doesn't show us um, no, no, movie no. magic and I, think, I guess like, you know Jake and I have known each other for 10 years right. so we've kind of knew how to work together and we had a little bit of kind of night before rehearsal when he got okay. there with Ed so they felt comfortable yeah, yeah. And as you mentioned, it's it's set in Montana, which has this... It, it's some beautiful sort of cinematography. Mm. It has this sort of otherworldly quality to mm. it. Does that help having that sort of remote location? Does it help the performance? I don't know. I think, you know, you do feel like a tiny thing in a huge landscape. Mm. Um, so I think it's sort of... There's an isolation that all these characters are experiencing that you can... That sort of gets heightened by being in the midst of this enormous landscape. Um, and it looks so beautiful mm. um, and you are kind of reminded of the wilderness constantly and like how unpredictable life is and um, so all of those things played in and it was beautiful for us to yeah. start there it was so yeah. nice I mean Oklahoma was great but Montana is just one of the most beautiful places in the world I think. yeah very mountainous did it was, yeah. was it shooting in winter as well yeah we started uh, actually around Halloween because I remember there was trick or treating happening when we were there, so it was oct- like last week of October right. into November and December. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really beautiful, and uh, and, and as you mentioned, it's directed by Paul Dano, who's he's a long time actor, of course, we mm. know him from many films, but this is his first uh, time as a director. Mm. So, what is it like being directed by an actor? Is that different? I mean, is it was different for me hand? in that I was kind of more nervous at the beginning. Because, oh, really? Well, he's such a good actor, and I yeah. just didn't want to, you know, I don't know. I think I was sort of intimidated by his work. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think that I've worked with lots of directors who are really intuitive and smart about acting mm. and thoughtful. But I think he is particularly his his work is so instinctive, and I think he kind of um, you know imbued the whole production with that. And he's really honest as well. Mm-hmm. And I think he sort of doesn't you know everything he does is very honest. All of his works very truthful and has such integrity. So I think that all kind of played into the way that he directed the film. And I think he also, you know, the way that he worked with Diego Garcia, the cinematographer, in that the camera in the film doesn't really move unless it has to. So it just allows a lot of space for the actors to kind of do stuff. It doesn't, yeah. you know, there's no kind of hitting a mark or worrying about your eyeline or things like that. You, like, we moved within the frame and there was a lot of freedom in that. Was it, did, did you notice any, like, noticeable differences between other directors and, and acting directors? Is there, like, a, a sort of shorthand that actors can have? A little bit, but also I suppose because Paul and Jake and I have all been friends for so long, right. we had a shorthand anyway, right, right. so I probably wouldn't be able to. But he certainly, I, there was a scene where Jake leaves to go and fight the fire and we have this enormous, almighty row. And I remember when we were shooting that, we got kind of, we took a day to shoot it, I think, but we got halfway through and we kind of got a bit stuck and he 
identified it immediately and, okay. and you know sort of fixed the problem where I think maybe an act a director who didn't understand the process might have sort of pushed it a bit mm. or tried to you know tried to get through it in a different way but Paul understood that it was basically pointless to keep going and that we should just change it completely and do something different because you know I think he'd had that ex same experience so in that sense I think he had an eye on the performance uh, that maybe a non-actor wouldn't have yeah would you would you ever consider directing never in 10 years <laughs> no I've no interest I just I don't have the skill set for it nor the patience yeah or the you know it's just a huge job and there's so much outside of the creative side mm. that goes on that Paul actually did an incredible job of never letting us feel but you know I know that at the same time as being an incredible director to us he was probably in another room you know getting told that he wanted you know he wanted 30 extras but now he only has 15 and right. we lost the location for Tuesday and now we've got to shoot and you know all the kind of constant admin that's going on yeah. especially with indie filmmaking um yeah, it's not my bag. <laughs> but I mean, he did an incredible job. He did. He really did. But I mean, you've worked with some incredible directors in your time now. You've you know, Paul Dano, but also Steve McQueen and Michael Mann and the Coen Brothers. You know, was, what do you look for in a director? Like, what's like? What's I mean, some people are just you just know that they're they've got a vision, a unique vision that nobody else has. So mm. I think that's the case with Steve. I think that's you know, D. Reese, I think yeah. that's Nicholas Wenning Refn, like they just see the world in a different way. And um, you know, with all of those I've wanted to be a part of whatever they're doing, you know. Um but generally someone who just makes you feel kind of taken care of. I think I don't want kind of to be mollycoddled. I don't want someone kind of applauding me after every take and mm. telling me I'm fantastic. I just want someone to be super honest and someone that I can trust and whose whose taste I agree with and someone who can kind of push me in the right directions and I think that's what Paul really shares with Steve and it's interesting they've worked together but Paul you know was really good at identifying the moments where I kind of maybe would hold back I have more of a tendency towards restraint than I do to being to doing too much mm -hmm. or overacting my my problem will be more that I would tend to do less and I think Paul was really good sometimes at sort of getting me out of that interesting how interesting so I'm almost loath to ask this question, but there's been a lot of awards buzz about this <laughs> film. Um, you know, rightly so as well. But how do you feel about you know the onset of awards season? Do you do you enjoy that? The sort of sh the big shows and the parties and the ceremonies. Or? Um, I mean, I think you know I've only ever really done it properly once yeah. um, for an education, and and I didn't enjoy that as much as I should have done. I took it all way too seriously, and I wish I could go back and tell twenty four year old me to just chill out. <laughs> <laughs> I was so afraid all the time and I was so convinced that they'd made a mistake and I think if I could go back I'd be like buddy it's a party you know yeah calm down yeah but so I, I didn't and I wish I could do but um yeah it's you know it's great and but there is an extent to which all films that come out in October and November have a right, pass until right. they don't so it's never anything to get massively excited about the great thing about it though is that it encourages people to see the film mm -hmm. you know um, particularly with independent film, you rely on that kind of chat to get people to see it. Yeah. Um, so that's a great thing. Yeah. And it's done the sort of festival circuit as well. It premiered at Sundance. We did all of them. Well, literally all of them. <laughs> like, yeah, we did. We did a lot of festivals. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And was that a good experience? Is like getting out to everything? Do you know all the press has been great because we get to hang out. Yeah. You know, we're all friends for you know a decade and now we get to kind of go around doing Q&As together so it's not like doing normal Q&As where it's sort of stilted and weird this is it's sort of 
fun and yeah. Um, yeah so it's been really good and do you get a chance to watch much films while you're out there nothing nothing at all no I've never once seen a film oh I saw a king's speech at Telluride okay. when I was there with the Never Let Me Go but other than that I don't think I've ever seen a single you just film fly in and then well you're just in and out yeah. yeah it's such a shame and you bump into other actors and you know who've all done brilliant work and mm. you want to see it but I'll likely watch it on a DVD in <laughs> yeah. December over Christmas that's yeah. the truth of it but I can't there's so many things I want to see this year of course have, how good are you at keeping up with stuff then have you seen anything good recently I've seen A Star Is Born okay yeah, yeah. which I loved yeah. but I haven't seen anything else since oh I saw A Quiet Place okay yeah that's back brilliant which I loved yeah. um, but I think it's the last time I went to the cinema I have two kids yeah. they're tiny <laughs> I'm not ever allowed to go anywhere but you must um, be are you on the academy or anything do you get award screeners yeah, yeah 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 I get so that's a handy so, I, so generally what happens is over Christmas between Christmas and New Year I watch like a film a day right um, and then I don't watch films for another year <laughs> but yeah no I'm, I'm excited but there are some things I really want I, I'm going to make a concerted effort to see in the cinema like yeah. Roma yeah um, because it feels I'm you know I suppose it's a Netflix thing but I, I imagine you have to see that on a big screen I, I would yeah it's I think it's my favourite film of the year yeah, it's I amazing yeah. I want to see the favourite as well that yeah that's so very good yeah. yeah congratulations on Wildlife uh, it's a fantastic film and uh, Kerry Mulligan thank you so much thanks for having me thank you and that was Kerry Mulligan and that is it for this very brief interview episode of the Empire Podcast keep your eyes peeled for more interview and spoiler specials heading your way over the next few weeks And don't forget to check out Wildlife in Cinemas Now. We gave it four stars, which is a recommendation, and then some. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Bye.